Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Not Gonna Lie podcast presented by Student Union Sports. There is no shortage of free agency news to go over uh, with the NFL. It's very exciting. There was a couple of dead weeks, but now things are moving uh, a lot of a lot of rumors, a lot of deals being done, and a lot of deals still yet to be done. Uh, and for this episode, I'm excited to bring back on Kelvin Del Valle on the podcast, friend of the show. We get into some of the more premier free agency moves, talk about what it means for the team, what it means for the player, uh, and the rest of the market moving forward. And then we get into something a little fun. We go over some free agency or some some draft prospects. Uh, and talk about a couple guys that we both think have a good chance to be Hall of Famers. So the best of the best out of this class. And maybe their fit and maybe the tools they have in the arsenal uh, or anything else that may come to mind. But great show. Here he is, my friend, Kellen Del Valle. We now welcome on a very special guest, longtime friend of the show. I've had him on plenty of times. It's Kellen Del Valle. Kellen, thanks so much for coming on. Absolutely. Anytime. Been a pleasure as always. And you've helped me out with a ton of stuff. So let's do it. Yeah, we've we've been back and forth on each other's uh, channels quite a bit. So um, for those of you who listen to both of us, you you, you get us coming together for for a podcast episode. Absolutely, um, always always a treat when we get to put it together. Uh, and today the main thing is free agency. So we're going over a, a lot of these deals that have happened in the last week since I since I last hopped on the podcast. And so we're just going to kind of go through each one by one. Uh, break them down, what it means for the player that signed the deal, what it means for the team that's getting the player, um, and, and kind of go from there. And then we're going to end on something a little special, a little bit different. I haven't done it before, but we're going to be going through this year's draft class uh, solely based on Hall of Fame potential. So we're going to be going into guys who we say, like, look, we're not guaranteeing it, but we've seen the tools and we think this guy has uh, all, all of the tools to be a Hall of Fame player. Uh, and a little caveat before we start. Uh, there is a little bit of thunder and lightning outside my home right now. So if you hear that over, over the podcast waves, I apologize. Um, not much we can do about it at this point. Just hope that it, uh, hope that it goes away, but yeah, kind of happened out of nowhere too. Yeah. No, Big old storm, just boom. Yeah. Right. Right. When we hopped on it, it started going. So just yep. kind of weird timing, but anyways, now that we've gotten those, uh, all, all that little beginning stuff out of the way, we're going to kick it off with the big wide receiver deal. Um, the Giants signed Kenny Galladay, four years, seventy-two million, with twenty-eight guaranteed at signing. Um, my first gut reaction is this makes sense because the Giants need to know what they're getting in a guy like Daniel Jones, and they've struggled to put high-quality weapons together with him. Uh, and now we're moving into what is this year? Year three, mm-hmm. so they're coming up on you know fifth-year extension. Do we give them that fifth-year option deal? Do we let them walk? Do we do we need to find a new guy? What happens? I think the best way to, to see what you get out of a guy like Daniel Jones is hope Saquon can stay healthy, sign Kenny Galladay, and maybe go after another wide receiver in the draft. But let's talk about this deal right here. Kenny Galladay, initial thoughts. Uh, yeah, I thought it made perfect sense. I think we've seen this before happen. And if you keep track of sports, especially at the quarterback position in the NFL, at some point teams try to come up with some type of test to see if this is your guy for the long term. And the Giants have done that. I think they've shored up some of the help of the offensive line 
as well. I could be wrong about that, but I think they've gotten a couple of guys. So this is, they're really building this thing to see, like, like you just said, what do we have in Daniel Jones? Can the guy be our guy, right? Can he be, you know, guy looks a lot like Eli, but can he be our Eli for however long Eli was or 12 years or whatever it is? I don't think they've had that answered over the last couple of seasons. And so really the organization shifted all the pressure under their quarterback. So now it's, it, it, it's his time to perform because I think that roster shaping out. Okay. It doesn't mm-hmm. look, it doesn't look as bad as it has the last couple of years. Side point. I uh, don't appreciate the giants taking away all my Titans players, but uh, you know, that's another story for another day. Uh, but uh, you know, their roster looks okay. And, and getting Kenny Galladay, I thought, you know, him and Marvin Jones over there in Detroit were so just overlooked because it was Detroit, but the numbers that him and Stafford put together, I mean, it was just, you know, Stafford, you knew was always going to throw for 5,000 yards and, mm-hmm. and it's because of Jones and Galladay mainly. So for the Giants to get a guy like that is going to be big for Daniel Jones. Now it's time to see if, if Jones is going to live up to the, to the billing. Well, and that defense almost carried them to, you know, an NFC sure. East division title last year, pretty yeah. much alone, you know, Nate, no Saquon Daniel Jones was, was good in spurts. I mean, this is a team that went toe to toe with the Tampa Bay bucks when they played each mm-hmm. other on Monday night football this is a good football team. Like you said, they've got a lot of pieces put together, but now coming into this draft, they're saying, all right, who else can we add as well as Kenny Galladay? Cause right now the weapons from just a top down view look pretty decent. Like you said, they touched on the offensive line a little bit. You've got Evan Ingram who struggled with drops, but is one of the more talented pass catching tight ends in football. You've added Kenny Galladay. Sterling Shepard is still there, I believe. Um, and, and I think in my last, my last mock draft that I did, was it last week or two weeks ago, I had him taking Jalen Waddle. So mm. you, you think oh, about goodness. that that combo, if you can go out, because they're right at 11, they're in a good spot to to get, you know, if Jamar Chase falls, Devontae Smith, uh, Jalen Waddle, or Kyle Pitts, one of those four guys, they're in a great position to to attack from, from that standpoint. And I mean, the money, I, I think he got a little bit of a discount because, you know, he was a little bit, he, he had struggles with injury. But if sure. he plays out the full length of his deal, that's north of $16 million, which yeah, is that's, that's not too good. bad. <laughs> but it, but it goes as low as as 28 million so the giants and, I, and i'm assuming you know as most contracts are these are front loaded so i'm assuming you know the giants have these two this two-year window where they're saying all right we're getting you kenny galladay we we've got a, uh, hopefully a healthy saquon we've got evan ingram we've got all these guys daniel jones either you get it done in these two years then then that fifth year rolls around they don't give them the fifth year option and they just can start over from scratch. They sure. can blow it up and 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 attack in the draft and or through free agency and find a new quarterback. So they've put all the chips on the table, everything for Daniel Jones to be successful right now. It's just a matter of him going out there and doing it. So I, I like that you mentioned Saquon because that's what the Giants offense was completely. It was mm-hmm. just hand the ball off to Saquon and see if he can do something because Daniel's not there yet. Well, now you've got everything to make him there and you add Saquon if he can hum this, this will be a good roster and in a division that's really weak currently. Um, this is, this is a pretty good, pretty good roster they've put together, but it all depends on what we've always called the most important position in sports, which is the quarterback. So. Yeah. Uh, and talking about this Saquon deal, I was actually watching a video last week. It, it was crazy to me. It was talking about just kind of positional value and, and how these rookie contracts um, it, it, it's, it was just basically another layer of why you don't draft running backs early. So it was talking about Saquon because he was drafted, I believe, number two overall a couple years mm-hmm. back. Um, when he was drafted, the way that, you know, because the way rookie contracts shape out 
there it's it's structured so the 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 number one guy gets the most number two number three so on and so forth all the way down because running backs are you know the most expendable position in football they don't get paid as much um but you know the first round draft doesn't take into account what the ceiling earnings are for these players so when saquon was drafted number two overall he was actually in the top 10 highest paid running backs in football right away um and and you think about like most of the time when, when teams add a quarterback, they're getting them on a discount deal. Mm-hmm. Well, the giants were taking on one of the, uh, you know, one of the most expensive running backs in football, a um, little bit of a tangent there, but it, it just shows, you know, how, how we're, we're not going to see running backs be taken early on, you know, because you talk about the, the, the miles on the tires and you talk about the expendability and how you can get two guys that do the same thing that one dude can do, but also, you know, you're, you're also trying to save money you don't save money by getting a guy in the top 10, no matter how talented. Um, but trust me, I mean, the team that's here about 20 miles from us is going through that problem. Now with Zeke mm-hmm. They're they're looking at that contract now for the next two years thinking, what in the world did we do to shell out this much money for this guy? Uh, and you're right. The tires eventually, they just, they just wear out faster than any other position. And I know it's nothing to do with Kenny Galladay, but you just made me think of both of our football teams. Mm-hmm. I think they've done a great job of going about this. You guys went with running back by committee, and you've got about three gadget guys that just do everything. And we may have a star running back, but we got him at a discount. We don't pay him like the highest paid running back in football. Yeah. So it really comes down to your GM and how they play chess and how they maneuver the boards because there's teams like both of ours that have been able to figure that out. Um, but sorry, random side note, but it just made me think of both of our football teams and how they've handled that position. So hopefully they get the old Saquon back because he's been injury plagued. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, no. And, and I promise I brought that up with a segue. We're talking about the next guy on this list. Here's Chris Carson, uh, re-upped with the Seattle Seahawks. Interesting deal for a couple of reasons. I mean, you know, looking at the Seahawks, they were caught in this turmoil of moving Russell Wilson. I think that's pretty much gone. The Bears were the best suitor. We heard that their their deal was thrown on the table um, and the Seahawks said no. I mean, there were a lot of needs for the Seattle team. Uh, I, I don't know if bringing back Chris Carson was the best move because you think about how guys like, um, you know, when Rashad Penny came back, he was, he was, um, played decently enough. We don't know how he's going to fare in the lead back role, but even like DJ Dallas, when he had to fill in for Chris Carson for a couple weeks, he looked good. Like there are going to be guys in the fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh round that could fill in mm-hmm. uh, and, and more importantly, save you some money because it's two years, um, 10 mil, five and a half guaranteed, not a lot of money, but you think about the holes on the team. Like you can get a, a, a depth piece on the offensive line. You can get, maybe even a depth piece starting quality caliber guy on the defensive line. Uh, All of that being said, nobody was saying that the, the running game was lacking when Chris Carson was gone. I think, you know, yes, obviously it it helps have a guy like Chris Carson, but when you could have put that money elsewhere, it's just interesting to me, you know, when there's so many other glaring weaknesses that need to be addressed. I mean, Russell Wilson has been calling for this offensive line to be fixed for years most sacked mm-hmm. quarterback since he came into the league 493 uh but they go back to chris carson i mean it, it's 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 interesting to me we've followed this and and if you know the listeners seattle's just kind of a team that 
you know, they don't, if they, if they didn't have Russell Wilson, nobody would be talking about Seattle. Yeah. Um, but would you not agree their running back situation the last three years has been one of the most odd things in football because, and it all has to do with injuries. Like two years ago, both two guys, two of those guys was hurt. A year ago, what did they have? All three of their starting running back or all through their whole depth chart got hurt. Mm-hmm. And then they had to bring Marshawn Lynch back for a little and the, bit. Yeah, they brought Marshawn just for that run. Travis uh, Homer. Such a weird, weird situation in Seattle. And what's crazy about that is that they had all those injuries, and yet they still ran the ball almost as much as any other team in football. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if this was maybe just more of like a stability thing um, than maybe like a long term answer. Maybe like you said there. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if they go to the draft as well. Maybe they try to go running back by committee here, and maybe they just pray that health keeps them alive. Uh, but they've had a very strange running back, you know, last couple of years. So I think it was maybe just more of a stability thing. That's kind of just how I see it, and and just kind of someone that's that knows Russell. You know, bring anybody new, um, and maybe the guy could just stay healthy and and, and play out for them. But you're right. They have a lot of holes. And I mean, trust me, this wasn't the deal that, that Russell Wilson said, Oh, great. Here we go. Staying in yeah, Seattle. Yeah. But at least it's something that's stable and there. And, and I don't know, they, maybe they'll stop running the football and give the buy, give the ball to one of the best quarterbacks in football, but we'll see. Yeah. A, a very interesting. Look, another guy going back to his team on a pretty significant disc- discount, Juju Smith Schuster yeah. also resigning with the Steelers. Reports came out that the Chiefs and the Ravens both gave him more money, chose to run it back with with the Steelers. I mean, this is interesting on multiple counts, mm-hmm. right? Like we're, we're talking about Marvin Jones Jr. got more money. Corey Davis got more money. Curtis Samuel got more money. Like there's a difference between a hometown discount and what Juju just did, <laughs> right? Like he, he is willingly putting himself in a position – you know, and maybe he's trying to cash. He's only 24. Maybe he's trying to cash it in for, for next year, whatever the case may be. But I mean, what, what draws him back there? They're not, you know, Ben Roethlisberger looked like a shell of himself. The defense is great, but they're losing pieces. Bud Dupree uh, went to your Titans there in the, uh, in the off season. So they're dropping pieces left and right. And we've talked about it. Juju is not a wide receiver one like his best seasons have come when he was playing alongside Antonio Brown. My dream landing spot for him was to go out to Arizona. I know Arizona signed AJ green. We can talk about that in a little bit, but think about that group and, and Juju just thriving as a wide receiver too, with D hop taking all the coverage, all the pressure. This is weird, right? Like, I mean, maybe, maybe at the, uh, at the end of the day it was loyalty to the fan base and sure. And I applaud that, but one year, 8 million, like there's no, there's no real benefit here. You're taking a, a short-term deal. And, and obviously I know, you know, once Ben retires, they'll free up space. Maybe they'll pay him. But what happens if he goes down with an injury? What happens, you know, if, if something goes wrong and, and teams don't want to pay him anymore? Like he's put himself in a huge risky position for what? I think maybe in his mind, he still thinks he's a number one and no one's going to change that. And so he was willing to take, like barely any money to prove to the world that he can be a number one, but you make a great point. What does he think is Ben Balthusberger 24? Mm. <laughs> no, you know, he's going on 42, you know, he's not 42, but you know what I'm saying? It's like, he doesn't have the, the, the quarterback to, to maybe make him shine, but we've all seen that he's, he can't be a number one, even with a, with a semi healthy, you know, and, and rolling big Ben, 
Um, yeah, it was a little shocking to me that he turned down deals from Kansas City and Baltimore, um, especially Kansas City, who is potentially going to lose Sammy Watkins here. Mm-hmm. He'd be a perfect, what, three over there maybe? Yeah. Maybe even yeah. a two um, to Tyreek Hill. I mean, that'd be unbelievable. And even in Baltimore, he'd, he'd, get, he'd probably get the ball. So I, I just – I don't know what was going through his head. Maybe he just wants to prove he can be a one, but I would say, brother, that's probably not the place to prove you can be a number one. Yeah, I, I can think of a all. big list of – you want to prove you can be a one? Prove that you can in Baltimore, right? Like, sure. They don't and have a... That's the thing is like – all it comes down to, I guess, is loyalty. And honestly, I mean, I've heard nothing but good things about Juju – I mean, yeah, there was the whole TikTok dancing thing and whatever, but like everybody in Pittsburgh loves the guy. Sure. Like he's a very, uh, he's a great teammate. He's a great person, you know, his, his work in the community. And I mean, if at the end of the day, it was loyalty to Pittsburgh, that's great. But like, we've seen a lot of guys get screwed over on the back end by, by, you know, their loyalty to the fans, to the team. Um, and then it comes out that, that, you know, the team didn't have his back in that same way. And I, and I know the Steelers organization is a good group, but still it's like less money, not a favorable situation for what, you know, you're 24. No one's going to accuse you of, of ring chasing because sure. nothing's a guarantee. I mean, you look at, you look at what the, uh, the chiefs did, they were the favorites coming into it and they, you know, got smacked by the bucks. Like there's, there's no such thing as ring chasing in the NFL. Like I, I don't think, I don't think it's possible short of maybe going to the bucks for like a one year, $1 million right. deal. Uh, but I don't know, very weird, especially considering how, how much money some of these other receivers got that I think we both agree are not as good as Juju. Absolutely. Uh, and I think you've heard this statement before, and I don't know where you kind of stand on this, but the uh, wide receivers tend to be big divas nine times out of 10. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just think because in order for their position to succeed, it requires someone else doing their job, right? Throwing them the ball. And, and so you get a lot of divas that play wide receivers. And I just don't think he wanted to go to Baltimore or Kansas City, especially, and become a third guy when he's already played the position as a number one guy. Mm-hmm. So, hey, if he wants to prove us all wrong and Big Ben can somehow get in the ball and he can be great, great for Juju. But uh, it was a little weird to see him turn down a couple of spots that, I mean, I think we both think would make him thrive in, in some pretty crazy ways. So I, I don't know if he liked if he liked the idea of being a number three in Kansas City as great as that would appeal to him, you know? Yeah. No, no, I, I agree. I, I do think there's some merit to that. It's hard but, to get a wide receiver from going to from wide receiver one to wide receiver three, even if it's for a ring. They're just they're just yeah. not wired that way. But also my my main counter to that is uh, yes, I agree. But if the yards stay the same and the work's easier, why not? Sure. Right. I like, mean, we like, would, we would take that, but yeah. What, who's like, what's, there's no guarantee that Ben Roethlisberger, A, plays the whole season, stays healthy and B, <laughs> throws for 4,000 yards, mm-hmm. right? Like he's fighting for targets still with Deontay Johnson and, and Chase Claypool and Eric Ebron. Whereas with the chiefs, he's the third target, the third target and Juju's made his, his money off of these intermediate routes. And if he, if he got guys like Travis Kelsey and Tyree kill the free up space for him mm. to just feast, why not? You know? So yeah. it's, it's an strange. interesting conversation for sure. For sure. A little strange. Yeah. Uh, all right. We're going to speed through a couple of these here at the end. Okay. One that's a little confusing to me, 
Kenyon Drake to the Raiders. Two years, 11 million. Uh, I, I don't know. Like, their defense was horrendously bad. Their offense was great. Their offensive line specifically was great. And then all five of the guys are gone. They That's don't insane. have a single member of their offensive line. And then they go out and sign Kenyon Drake. I don't think I've ever seen that happen. No. That's it. That's unbelievable. Did you see that picture that was tweeted out a couple weeks ago? It's like, this is why Russell Wilson would want to go here. And it's like uh, Derek Carr in the pocket, like a super clean oh, pocket yes, with yes, like yes. all these it's offensive super, linemen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And somebody retweeted and put X's on everybody that's gone. It's like, everyone's gone. <laughs> I don't know if John Gruden is like thinking that he's got 10 years on this deal that he's never going to get fired, but this is, this is strange. And he better have a good reason and a backup plan as to why he's letting go of literally everyone. And then you sign a running back with no offensive line. I don't know. Just, it, I agree. It just seems a little weird um, to, to, to see that happen the way that it, I don't know, to, to, to see it happen the way that it did. For sure. Yeah. Very, very weird. Uh, I was, I'm just reading here. Josh Jacobs makes 3.7 million total over the next two years of guaranteed money. Uh, and Kenny Drake will be making 11. Now I don't know any, any person in football that will say with the straight face that Kenny Drake is three times better than, oh, no. uh, than Josh Jacobs. Very weird. I, I don't know what's going on, but you know, Hey, maybe, uh, Maybe they're going running back by committee. Maybe, but then they let Devonte Booker leave, go to the Giants. Yeah, two million. It's 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 a weird weird situation. Uh, I've heard. Uh, I, I listen to here to the you know one hundred five three the fan a lot here, mm-hmm. and uh, Brian Broadus, who used to be an NFL scout and part of the organization for the Packers and the Cowboys, he's good buddies with John Gruden, and he's always said John Gruden's a heck of a coach. He's a horrible player. Uh, what's it called? What's the word he used? Evaluator. Pl- player evaluator. Yeah. He's horrible. Yeah. And he's, that's my good friend and he can tell me all he wants, but he's a good head coach and a horrible player evaluator. So he's going to have to figure that mess out in Oakland. Cause boy, getting rid of your offensive line swooped like that. And then signing a running back who's making three times more than your star running back. Cause Josh Jacobs is a star. A little odd. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, maybe use the money on the offensive line, but I don't know. I, I'm I'm just sitting here behind the mic. That's why I'm not making. Plus, do decision. we even know who's playing quarterback for them? I mean, probably Derek Carr. So, probably uh, he's been he's been he's been rumored to be on the outs for years. years. Like since Gruden came and took over, it was like yeah. oh, Derek Carr. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Calvin Noy, the Patriots. The only thing I want to say about this classic Bill Belichick. Uh, so Dolphins cut Kyle Van Noy. Wanted to oh, get younger. This. Don't have a single, I don't think they have a single player on the roster over 30. Anyway, signs with Patriots, two years, six million guaranteed. The Patriots get a compensatory pick for Kyle Van Noy signing with the, the Dolphins. So in this offseason, the Patriots went a year without Kyle Van Noy and then returned for it, got Kyle Van Noy and a fourth round pick. I mean, it's classic Bill Belichick. Like that, this is why it doesn't matter what if he went out and signed Chad Ochocinco to a contract and be like, all right, let's let this play. Like Bill Belichick has earned more leeway amongst executives in the league and fans of football than any coach in history. Mm. And I mean, that this is exactly why he, this is, this is the textbook Bill Belichick play. Let a guy go and walk, sign him back on the, for the cheap. But now he's adding compensatory picks into the mix. Like this is, it's incredible. It's it's classic Bill Belichick Mm -hmm. and it's classic Bill playing chess and everyone just confused at what game they're playing. Uh, good move. I think he's a good player. 
mm-hmm. and goes right back into that system that he knows very well. You know, it's funny. This also remember when he did this with Jamie Collins. Jamie Collins wanted yeah. a ton of money, and Bale Belichick said, "Heck no, I'm not paying you that." Send him to Cleveland, who was like zero and thirteen, and then he got him back for cheaper the next season. So, yep. Bill Belichick's done this many times. So I thought that was that was a pretty cool little nugget. But uh, look, I like what the Patriots did in the offseason. To be honest, you know, I could care less for them being successful, given that both of our teams are in the AFC. But this team is eerily similar. Built to when Cam was successful in in Carolina, mm-hmm. got two playmaking tight ends, and Cam used to love throwing a Greg Olson. So it's it's an interesting seer, scene to see Bill Belichick drop so much money in an off season. Um, but hey, if anybody has has worked out some trickery to try to figure this all out, money wise and cap space and all that, I I imagine it's Belichick, and I also imagine he knew that this was coming for him months ago Mm -hmm. like he was i think he was already planning because these deals happen so quick yeah this just i feel like he was already planning this months ago to 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 see what would happen and so we'll see what cam can do yeah and and it's very interesting because you think about all the defensive starters that the patriots lost you know guys that opted out for covid coming back coming back how van noy they've added matthew judon they've added Mm -hmm. um oh what's the jalen mills like this group and the biggest thing for me is re-signing Cam Newton. And now this is not because they simply didn't like the other quarterbacks out there or didn't have enough money because they had the third most cap space in free agency. They could have been involved in getting Deshaun Watson and getting Russell Wilson in, you know, Jameis, Carson Wentz. All of these guys were available to trade or sign uh, and wouldn't have been that expensive. But I think they did it. Uh, like the fact that Bill brought back Cam tells me something. Sure. Right. Like, like we all miss something. Like everybody's talking, the talking heads are like, oh, he can't throw uh, this and that all, you know, whatever. Went out and added two, like you said, great playmaking tight ends. I mean, John Smith is the guy who, if you put him in the right situation, uh, he could thrive. Like, he can do a bunch of stuff. Very, yeah. He's very, very talented player. I just think he wasn't in that, that Titans game plan. Mm-hmm. down the stretch outside of being a blocker hunter henry if he stays healthy aglor's 27 kendrick Bourne is another talented speedy guy like they've secretly loaded up on weapons uh and, and they got them at you know nice discounts mm-hmm. that we're gonna look back on this and it, like i i don't think there's a middle ground either the patriots are 12 and 4 and back in the playoffs or they're 4 and 12 and drafting mm-hmm. in the top five like it, that's the way free agency goes either it's going to go spectacularly and we're going to look back on this as the moment where we, you know, where we said, you know what, maybe Bill was the reason for the Patriots Mm -hmm. dynasty, not, not Brady, you know, it's absolutely like either that, or we're going to say that's it, you know, and (laughs) it's, it's out of desperation. No doubt. Like you can't say, Oh, this is like cool and calculated like three years in advance. Like he had his backup plan with Jimmy G Tom Brady didn't retire. Didn't work out. He had to scramble together, pick up the pieces. Sure, it's a little desperate, but he's not just throwing money up against the wall, hoping guys will come to play. Like, I, I, you know, for a fact, from the guys that were available, Bill has spent a lot of time looking over this list. Mm-hmm. Uh, and because he's such a great coach, he is afforded the, the uh, option to take some of these chances. And we're going to sit back and we're going to say, like, oh, you never know. You never know. So, well, and we just got what last week, the Deshaun Watson rumors. Mm. 
yeah. to New England. Yeah. Um, kind of like we had talked about, you know, a very long time ago. I think it was like two years ago. Yeah. When that Instagram post came out, that Vegas said that Deshaun Watson would be the quarterback of the Patriots. And we all said, what the heck are you talking about, Vegas? <laughs> and all these rumors come out. But what I love is that not only has he built a team that's perfect for Cam to thrive in with a health, like with an offseason finally, because remember, Cam, they got hit with COVID early. Then Cam got COVID and he wasn't even there for a big portion of offseason training. So not only has he built a team that'll be successful for Cam, but even if Cam doesn't work out on this one year deal, all these deals are multi year deals on this mm-hmm. offensive, on the offensive players that he got. So whoever he does end up moving forward to get a quarterback, because I can't imagine Bill is just going to sit and let Brady win more Super Bowls, whoever he gets as a quarterback is still going into a great situation next season if this doesn't work yeah. out with cam so um but belichick's just doing belichick things and I, I do think a little part of him didn't like watching tampa win a super bowl absolutely under yeah. by under tom so I, I i would expect i still would expect something in the draft that he does yeah to, one to, more to thing this to seem, sorry go ahead yeah oh no i was just gonna say one more thing before we move on and, and talk about these these hall of fame predictions for uh some of these draft guys I mean, people are saying, you know, oh, Tom put this team together. He, he like, you know, this and that, this and that. I mean, Jason Light, the GM of the Bucks, did a very good job of putting mm-hmm. together talent. Mm-hmm. Like, say what you want. I mean, Tom Brady had a great season through 40 touchdowns, and he was the final piece of the puzzle that put things together that, that got them in the playoffs. But Jason Light, over the last few years, drafted Mike Evans, drafted Chris Godwin, drafted Devin White, drafted Antoine Winfield drafted Tristan Wirfs, you know, like all of these guys that he put together uh, and, and, and made some smart moves, signing Shaq Barrett and free agency turned out to be an absolute stud, right? Like all of these guys that they put together. Uh, I mean, he deserves a lot of credit too. I, I think, I, I don't think they win the Super Bowl without Tom Brady, but they don't get to the Super Bowl without the great defense that he put together and, and the great weapons that he supplied Tom Brady with. Like Tom Brady doesn't sign with the Bucks if Jason light doesn't do all this work beforehand. Mm-hmm. So I think he deserves a, a good bit of credit too. Um, oh, absolutely. They he absolutely does. I mm-hmm. mean, what a Tristan worth not allow one sack all year. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's crazy. Man, Brady needed a left tackle. He said, yo, Jason, I need a guy. Well, they got a guy and he worked perfectly. He was awesome. The fourth, so, and he was the fourth tackle taken too. Four, yeah. three guys went off the board before he did. And yep. Worf's, yep. At, at least, you know, after the first season looks like the best one. So, I mean, yeah, and you just talk about guys all over the board. Devin White, Anton Winfield, young, already superstars in their positions. So, yeah, I agree. As much as we want to talk about Brady bringing, you know, recruiting Gronk and bringing Fournette and a couple of guys in there, it, it can't go noticed the, the draft success that they've had. Uh, Jason Light's working, working his way up his ladder on my GM list so uh, I, I think it was a perfect way to construct a football team built around what Bruce Arians likes and Brady and I think he did a great job so yeah no I, absolutely all right final thing here before we go we're just gonna go a little back and forth here I mean this is you know a weird kind of exercise to do a little mental exercise but I mean, I've looked at some of the traits that some of these guys have. I've looked at some of the traits that some of the great players at their position have, and it's, it's simply just matching things up, you know, and uh, sometimes some of them are, are, are the obvious ones, you know, and that's okay. I mean, predicting 
before a guy's played a snap in the NFL, who's going to be putting on a gold jacket at the end of their career. I think it's okay to take a couple of, of easy ones. You know, I think it's okay to take a couple of, of, of home run hit or, or hit some singles, you know, because sure it, it's hard to predict, but uh, yeah. So let's, let's go for it. We'll just go back and forth. I think two or three each uh, and then we'll call it good for this episode. So Kelvin, you are the guest. Uh, the floor is yours. You go first. Oh boy. Big pressure here. Um, <laughs> okay. I'm going to go with uh, an offensive lineman here. I'm going to go with the kid from Oregon. Penesul. I love what I've seen from him. Um, I just think that's such an important position now in football. It's so valued. And when you can have an anchor, I mean, we just talked about Tristan Wirfs, right? <laughs> so if you can get a guy that only allows a couple sacks a year at that level that can play for such a long time, be all pro, he just kind of sits, fits the bill for me. I know a lot of people like the guy from Northwestern. I forgot his name. Uh, Ray Sean Slater. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I'm going to go Penny Sewell as my gold jacket guy. And then uh, I got another guy, and then I've got a, uh, a sleeper, maybe not for a gold jacket, but I think a, a sleeper that I really like in the draft. But um, I'm going to go with another maybe obvious guy, and I think this is where this position is heading, given the success with, a couple, with the two best currently in football. And I'm going to go Kyle Pitts here because Love I think the two, the two best in football are George Kittle and Travis Kelsey. Those guys – you could probably line them up at wide receiver. They'd probably have the same amount of success. And so Kyle Pitts, he looks like a wide receiver in a tight end's body. And I think that's kind of where that position is heading. And so I don't care where he goes. Uh, I think it'll be extremely valuable. Uh, and that would be my other guy there. Um, just because I think that's where it's heading with the two guys that we have at the top right now. Here's my little sleeper guy. Maybe not for a gold jacket at the end of his career. But there's a corner that I absolutely love. Um, and it's my boy, J.C. Horn. Okay. Absolutely love him. Okay. I know everybody talks about Patrick Sertan, and I think he's probably going to go higher. Um, and I've seen a couple other names out there. But this is a guy sleeper, maybe late somewhere uh, that someone can grab. But he, you know, he reminds me of, he reminds me of Chris Paul of the NFL. <laughs> Just like a dog, just an annoying guy. I saw some videos of him just getting into every receiver's face that he played. And I think you need a guy like that. Everybody needs some type of Cortland Finnegan smack talker uh, that we've had in the past. But, oh, man, if he could fall to to a team that needs him, I'd look, I'd love for him to fall to, what, 22, I think is where the Titans are at. But I think uh, at the corner spot, he's undersized. I think maybe 6'2", 180-something, but – Man, if if he's just a dog, and I like that mentality, so sleeper, whoever my guy my guy Horn goes. So those are my three. So Penny Sewell, left tackle, Kyle Pitts, who's I think is going to be awesome, and we'll go with my little sleeper, my sleeper corner. I like, yeah. Let me, I want to unpack those first before I I unveil mine. Okay. I mean, Sewell and Pitts are are I would agree, hundred percent would be my dudes too. Penny Sewell is 6'6", 330, and moves like a tight end. Yeah. It's incredible what, he's, what he's able to do. And he's so young, so young at the position too, so much room to grow, but he can come in and be one of the best tackles in football right away, which is special. Um, and same thing with Kyle Pitts. I love what you mentioned, the two tight ends that do it, Travis Kelsey and, and George Kittle. There are a few guys that can go 
for a thousand yards at the tight end position. But I think he's absolutely one of those guys and not a guy that's going to grow into it, but a guy that can step on the field day one and be a thousand yard threat, which mm-hmm. is, which is scary. And JC Horn, some of those, some of those games, he looked like the best corner in football in all of college football uh, by a mile, you know, those, those lockdown games. Um, so I'm with you. There's something special about JC Horn. Uh, I think the biggest concern is, is keeping consistent, you know, and, and even when he's not shutting guys down that he's, you know, he's not uh, on an Island that he can still keep that consistent production level up. Um, and it may be, you know, where he lands, but yeah, no, I, I like all of those. Let me make a quick point on JC. If you go back and watch his film and watch a lot of his highlights, he's going to have to change his technique a little bit in the NFL because he is holding on almost every single yep. play. Yep. And that's just his, like I mentioned, kind of Chris Paul dog bully mentality um, because there's no illegal contact in college football. It's either holding or pass interference. He's literally illegally contacting on almost every single play. And it's just kind of funny to watch, but th- they'll have to re- rewire him just a little bit when he gets to the NFL because they're going to call that every time. But I, I just like that mentality. I thought he's I thought he's been great. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, if, if they're just like, hey, keep it within a, you know, a yard yeah. of the line of scrimmage, yeah. you know, jam guys all you want to, then then, hey, you might be all right. Uh, yeah, no, I, I'm with you. So I think we both agree, though, Trevor Lawrence is a guy also yes. that yes. has a great chance to do that. Um, so I'm just going to skip over skip over him because I assume that that's that we're both kind of in that spot. First guy on my list, though, different quarterback. Um, I've talked about it multiple times on the podcast. I think he's got a chance to be the best quarterback in this class, and that's Trey Lance. Now, I watched his pro day. Dude throws a beautiful deep ball. Um, mm-hmm. I think he's got a great mind for the game, and, and that's kind of how they teach him at North Dakota State. Um, but going, this is the number one reason why I think he has a great chance to be a Hall of Fame quarterback uh, is a lot of mock drafts, and I'm – my favorite landing spot for him would be the Carolina Panthers. So he would get to go into a position where he doesn't have to start right away, where he is being coached by a guy who's going to be at North or at, at in the Panthers organization for a while. And Matt rule signed a six year deal or something when he came in, mm-hmm. um, gets to learn uh, the offense. His offensive coordinator is the guy who single-handedly turned around Joe Burrow from a six, seventh round pick to the number one draft pick in the NFL and Joe Brady. Uh, and he's got Christian McCaffrey. He's got Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore, studs all over the offensive side of the ball. Uh, the defense is is building something special too. If he lands in Carolina, um, I mean, I, I feel like he's got a great chance to be a Hall of Fame quarterback just because mm-hmm. of the physical gifts, the tools. Uh, people are always talking about, you know, he reminds, he reminds a lot of people of a, a Josh Allen and the blueprint is out to how to get the most out of a guy like that. Um, and he's just young at the quarterback position. The fact that he's being talked about as a top 10 guy, having played a year in a game of professional or uh, of collegiate football is very special. So he's first up. Uh, I mean, I love what Trey Lance brings to the table. There's so much room for him to grow. And if he lands with the Panthers, he's in the perfect position. So guy number one for me uh, is Trey Lance. Guy number two, it's another corner. Uh, and it's Caleb Farley, Virginia Tech guy, was a quarterback yep. in high school started college as a wide receiver is incredibly young to the cornerback position, but everything you watch, he's got all the tools. Uh, he just needs somebody to bring him out. The traits, he's the most physically gifted corner in this class. You know, you talk about Sertan, you talk about JC Horn. I think it's Caleb Farley. 
And if his trajectory follows um, what his, you know, initial year, year and a half has been at the corner position, this dude could be very special. Uh, so I'm, I'm big on Caleb Farley. I think, you know, kind of his background, his, his overall use to the game will, will give him an edge for sure. Um, but yeah, it, it's just going to be a matter of, of can he put it together and can he continue on that trajectory? He had a procedure done today, right? Uh, you know, I'm not sure. Did he? I think he had a, I think, cause I don't think he's going to do his, I could be wrong. I, I thought I saw he had a procedure done today and he won't be doing any drills at his pro day or something like that. I could be wrong, but I think, I think that's right. He had no, something me, done today. Yeah. Back, back surgery on Tuesday. Yeah. Oh, okay. On Tuesday. Yeah. So to, well, also oh, last week. Yes. Or is it today? And actually it, no, it might be tomorrow. I think it's tomorrow. Okay. Tomorrow. That's so right. He will be having it tomorrow. Yeah. Okay. Um, so yeah, no pro day for him, but yeah, all that being said, maybe he'll slide a little bit in the draft, but well, whoever I mean, gets him though. I mean, yeah, it, it's, it's going to get an absolute stud for sure. Uh, and then the final guy here, I'm debating between a couple of guys. You know what? I'm just going to, uh, Hmm. I'm just going to do it. All right. Elijah Vera Tucker guard out of USC played left tackle last year, uh, is incredibly talented to positional uh, versatility. He's a guy that can come in and really you look at him and say, all right, we need you to play right guard this season. He'll say, okay, you need you to play left guard. Okay. Left tackle, right tackle, even center. I don't know. Um, but what he brings to the table is a guy who like will come in right away and compete for you and be a starter wherever he goes. Um, but it's just a matter of same thing with, with uh, Caleb Farley, he's just getting better, improving uh, and building on that. But, he has, he has a chance to be very special. Like uh, there's a lot uh, to his game that I like um, similar to Panay Sewell. Uh, but it, it's just a matter of, you know, obviously this is a, a tough look and we don't know how he sure. reacts to uh, the NFL level compared to, to, to the PAC 12, but the initial returns from what I've seen from him, he's a guy that basically you say, go out there and do this for me. He will do it uh, at a very high level. So those are my three. Uh, I don't know any any thoughts on that. I love the Trey Lance one. It's crazy that playing only one game for Trey Lance might benefit him because if he played the whole year, and teams got to see more of him, yep, I think he'd be even higher up in mocks and probably go into a worse situation. Mm-hmm. So it's crazy that just playing one game, what did he throw over like four hundred yards, five hundred yards, something crazy like that in that game, playing that one game by itself and not seeing him the rest of the year might land him in a better in a better suited place like a Carolina. Or maybe even I don't know where the Patriots are at, but boy, if they could, mm. if he's there, Patriots are Patriots are fifteen, I think fifteen. Oof, like boy, that. if he's there, that's that's I mean that's a gunslinger and Belichick will. I mean that would be interesting to see. But um, I like the Trey Lance one. I thought for a hot second because I forgot you'd met Trey Lance before. I thought for a hot second you were going to go Zach Wilson on me, but I like the Trey Lance. Yeah, I I like Zach Wilson. I've been a big Zach Wilson fan from since I think it's Boise state game. So it's been a while and it's fun to see people on this hype train, but now I'm kind of worried that we're getting too far to yep. the other side and the I expectations agree. might be a little high. Um, but you know, he's a, there's going to be a learning curve coming yep. from playing at BYU, getting to play. I mean, he played well in every game he played, but he also got to play like Boise state and coastal Carolina, <laughs> not Georgia, <laughs> Alabama, right. Uh, Ohio state Clemson. So, which, you know, at the end of the day, you can only play who's put in front of you. You can only play who's put on the schedule, but there are going to be those questions. And so I think he would be a great fit for the jets at two, but 
looking at who they've got, I mean, who's a guy, you know, Corey Davis, Jamison Crowder, uh, Brashad Perryman, decent guys. Offensive line still needs a lot of work. Who's going to yep. be your running back? Like there, there are still a lot of questions uh, and no perfect situation. Whereas I think you look at, at what Trey Lance could do and not even have it to play. Like if, if things go south and they want to bench Teddy Bridgewater, sure, you can bring him in, but it doesn't matter. Like sure. there's no expectation to win if if Trey Lance comes in and, and, and mm-hmm. takes over. So I think the situation matched with the talent definitely does give him the edge for me. Love love Trey Lance going late to yeah. someone. Yeah, it, 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 like it's great. Post, post like 17, something from 17 to oh, 30. That would be nice. I mean, whoever lands him, forget mm-hmm. it. That, that would, that's that's going to be great. And like you said, for him to sit a year is not going to be bad at all. Nope. Especially it depends on who he sits under. But, man, if he's under to sit under Cam for a year. Learning that system, yeah. 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 Crazy group. Yep. Well, this was a good time, as always. Kelvin, thank you so much for coming on, talking Absolutely. a little free agency with me, talking a little – making some shots in the dark, some Hall of Fame predictions. Uh, but it was, it was fun. This was a good time. Absolutely. Love shooting in the dark because, you know, people can yell at me or I can yell at them and tell them I was right. So exactly. It's great. All right. Well, we'll definitely have to get you on again real soon. Absolutely. Thanks again.